welcome to Rise Up with Orion's podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining our webinar and our podcast today. This is such an important topic, as many of you will soon find out if you are not feeling the burn yourself. Um, but April is actually Financial Literacy Month, and I have one of my friends, one of my network, um, her name is Laura Sexton. She is a wife, a mother of three, and she is actually a true success story herself um, in which she paid off over $372,000 in non-mortgage debt over the course of three years, lit the fire within her, and she became a financial master coach trained by the Dave Ramsey organization. So today she focuses on coaching clients to stop paying for their past and starting to save for the future. I hope Laura, I did you some justice. Yes. Welcome to our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited to be here. This is such an important topic and we're going to dive in and I'm looking forward to it. Yes. So I know for myself this week and, you know, tax day and all of those things, it always comes as a little shock and also being, you know, a mom myself and a full-time, you know, employee and having my own business, there's just so much on our plate. Um, and at the same time, we're kind of living in this world of inflation. Um, jump in there and whether you want to start with your own journey or what what are we doing? How can we help with this? Because of, you know, this number one st stress that we're probably all feeling right now. Yeah, I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Uh, a new Pew Research poll came out and said that the number one and number two things on Americans' mind right now are the economy and inflation. So mm. we're having this conversation with the people that are here with us live and the people listening to the recording because this is a stressor that we're all thinking about. It's on everyone's mind. And I... I have to tell you, I used to live in a bubble where I didn't think about money. I didn't think about it. A bill came in, I paid it. Like I just didn't, it never crossed my mind. It never registered. And I was thinking about that this morning when I was hearing some stories about Netflix and their subscriber situation. If we sat down and wrote checks like we used to, right? We used to write a check at the beginning of every month and we'd go, okay, I'm paying this bill and I'm paying this bill and I'm paying this bill. If we were in a situation where we were sitting down and writing them down, we might be making some different decisions. But right mm -hmm. now we're living in a plastic world where we just swipe, 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 or Apple Pay, or one click to purchase, and it's at our door in two days, right? right. We're not being intentional. And that's why we're feeling all of this stress around us about money and inflation, because all of a sudden things are changing and we're like, oh, it's all out of our control. So when I work with people and when we have these conversations, one of the main things we have to talk about is what we do control and how we can control it better so that we don't have the stress and the anxiety. Oh my gosh, well, there's something and I'm sure you're gonna say this word and I just wanna resonate and have everyone scribble it down somewhere is being intentional. This is huge, mm -hmm. um, especially within Orion. We talk about you know, our goals and our habits and all of these things. And guess what? We have to be intentional with all of them. And I think we rarely think about finances in that way. So that right. is amazing. And I, Venmo kept popping up in the back of my mind as mm -hmm. well as, oh my God, it is so easy to pay everything, whether it be rent or our friends or our babysitters, you know, one click. And, you know, how can we take a step back and stop doing that? 
uh, it's it takes the word intentional is going to come up a lot. It's one of my mm -hmm. favorite words because that's what we're doing. We're being intentional with our money so that we can hit our goals. You had you had mentioned goals, and I want to touch on that very quickly. Um, you have to have a why. Why are we talking about being financially well? Why are we talking about you know why why talk about money at all? Why talk about retirement? It's because we have a so that. We have a so that that we want to get to. We, you know, we focus on our money and we put into our retirement so that we can live the life we want to live later. So you have to know what you're aiming for, because if there's no future for you and you're like, OK, well, you know, I'm just going to work until I die, which nobody should be in that position. But if that's where you're at, you know, no need to be intentional. But if you want to have a rich life. This is something I talk about a lot. Um, and a rich life is not, I have a lot of money in the bank. A rich life could be, I want to be able to sit down with my mom on Sundays and learn a new recipe with her and like not have the stress and anxiety of everything around me, but just focus in on what does that life look like for you? What do you want? Do you want to travel? Do you want to, uh, you know, one of my big goals is to be able to give a single mom a car at the end of every year. Like that's one of my big goals because giving is, an important value for me. So digging down into this, why are we paying attention to our money? It's so that, so that we can live the rich life. So the first thing you need to do is decide what you want mm -hmm. because you can't get there if you don't know where there is. Yeah, exactly. Just like a weight loss goal or an exercise goal or, Absolutely. you know, even mental, emotional self-care, right? Another catchword of 2021 and 2020. But again, I think <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, what is it and why do you want it? I think that's amazing. Um, and I'm sure you're going to go there, but then what? What do we do once we know that? Great. So we know where we want to be. And the next step is to figure out where we are. Mm. Um, which is the kind of a hard part because then we have to take stock of where we actually are, what we're actually spending our money on. Uh, I had a client I talked with yesterday and he was like, this is really emotional for me. And he said, I don't get emotional when I talk about mm -hmm. things, but talking about my money and what I choose to spend my money on, he's like, this is really personal. And so, yes, we have to get into what are we spending our money on? Is it what we want out of life? Is it what we value? That's one of those things where it's really hard to say, you know, I, I want to spend my money on certain things, but I'm spending my money on something else. How do I shift? How do I, how do I change? And how you change, going back to our favorite word today, is being intentional. And how can you be intentional with your money? You put yourself on a budget. Budget is not a sexy word. People aren't like, yes, let's do it. I like to call it a values-based spending plan. We make a plan to spend our money on the things that we value. So mm -hmm. I'm giving you permission to spend money on whatever it is you want to spend money on, but you have to write it down on paper first. You have to be intentional. So before the month begins, you guys, we're at the, coming up to the end of April. So before May begins... You want to sit down and go, this is how much my income is. This is what I am choosing to spend my money on. And then you can go from there. But I will give you permission to spend your money on anything you want, as long as you write it down first. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. And you know what, Laura, my husband and I did this um, a little while ago and the joy of phones there, it tracks everything for you. Um, it's mm -hmm. amazing the amount of apps and different resources that are out there. But my husband and I years ago, before we had kids, it shocked us on how much money we were spending on coffee. Oh. Um, going out to coffee, the morning coffee, the afternoon coffee, you know, treating our friends to coffee. It was like our world was surrounded by coffee, which is just bizarre. And then what we did, and again, it was like, this is one of those things that was like, we need to cross that off the list because it really is completely unnecessary because I can brew a pot right here. I can brew two pots, you know, but again, until we wrote that down and realized the alarming hundreds of dollars we we're spending on coffee every month. I had no idea. And there's the reality check. <laughs> and it, it's one of those things where if I'm sitting down and I'm looking at what I'm actually spending and going, oh, I went to McDonald's how many times? How many times? Have you? That, that doesn't align with my values on what I want to be eating. It doesn't align with my values of wanting to sit down and have dinner as a family. Like yeah. there, are just, there are just things that I'm like, oh, this isn't actually what I want. And if you're spending your money on it, you obviously think it has obviously think it has some value, mm -hmm. but it's more because I wasn't being intentional. I wasn't planning ahead. I wasn't deciding this is what we're going to eat for dinner. I was just, this is convenient. I'm just going to go there. And convenience is great, but not at the expense of the other things like my financial goals or mm -hmm. my health goals. We have to be intentional. Yeah. Well, and Laura, in being intentional, um, you know, a question was asked about the auto subscriptions things mm. that we do not see on a monthly basis um, that just pull, they pull out of, you know, our bank account or on our credit card. And so I would imagine those are things that you also want us to pay attention to is those subscriptions or, you know, things that just auto renew for ourselves. Those are your death by a thousand cuts. Mm. Um, Fun, fun story about subscriptions. My mother got remarried and she had a Hulu account. And when she was talking with her new husband, he was like, no, I don't have a Hulu account. She's like, okay, um, perfect. I have one, no problem. Turns out not only did he have a Hulu account, he had two. And so he was paying for one out of his checking account every month. And he was paying for one off on a credit card every month. And he was not paying attention because they just come out. He, he's like, oh, all of a sudden I yeah. have less money. Okay, no problem. It's $6 here, it's $5 there, it's you know, $15, whatever. It's these tiny little amounts. And we're like, oh, it's no big deal. But when you sit down and add them up, it could be a lot of money. I know for me at one point, my subscriptions were like 60 bucks. And I was like, I have to make a choice. Do I even, I don't even watch TV. Like, I, don't, I don't have time. I have three children. I have a husband. I have a business. I have, you know, mom group things that are important to me. But I'm still paying for all of these things. And it's, mm -hmm. it's one of those situations where, go back to the beginning, if we sit down and write it down, we're going to become mm -hmm. more aware of it. And if we said, okay, would I be willing to write a check for this? Would I be willing to pay for it? And it could be a situation where like, well, I bought you know, I bought Apple because I wanted to watch Ted Lasso. So I had this Apple subscription. But the cool thing about these subscriptions is they turn on and off very easily. So mm -hmm. Ted Lasso season's over. Great. Let's turn off that subscription. And then when season mm -hmm. two starts, we'll turn it back on. It's not 
it's not the olden days where you had to have somebody come out and you know hook up your cable and that it, it's none of that anymore it's super easy to make those decisions in the moment and say okay for this season i don't need that turn it off mm -hmm. and when you want it again turn it back on yes oh my gosh and think about the number of things we all turned on um once the pandemic started yes you know our lives changed technology took over we were spending so much time together with our families <laughs> and our house as many of us were you know so again i know there's no question we upped our internet we upped mm -hmm. our you know all the fun things to keep us sane um, but the reality is, is I know we didn't turn some of them off and, you know, there's a little breath of fresh air that maybe we're coming out of this and we're still paying for it. Right. And it's a choice. And you mm -hmm. can say, well, I, you know, I decided a long time ago I was going to do it. So I'll just continue to do it. Mm -hmm. If you wouldn't do it again today, stop doing it. If you wouldn't exactly. choose again today to move forward, it's like that with, with boats. If you have a boat and you've decided that, hey, I don't, I, I would not go out, I don't use it, um, I would not today choose to go out and buy a boat, it's time to sell it. Mm -hmm. If you would not choose today to go out and buy, you know, a rental property, but you have one, and it, I mean, it kind of makes you money, sell it. You, these are not forever life changes. You can go out and get another boat. You can go get another rental property when you are ready. Mm -hmm. But when we are stuck in these opportunity cost moments where we're like, well, you know, it's already there. So, no, if you you have to be smart about what you're doing, if you wouldn't do it again, stop doing it. Cut yes. your losses and move on. Intentional. One more time. I think it's so <laughs> great. And Laura, on this podcast, we do talk a lot about change. We talk about a lot about how change is very hard and our brains yes. are really hardwired to prevent change yes and so again i think you know i love your steps of identifying your why and then writing it down because again it changes hard and those are baby steps to get to where it is that we're mm -hmm. hoping to get um so i think those are amazing baby steps um and i'm sure there's more <laughs> yeah well i'm actually really glad that you said that change is hard because i um i operate a little differently than the typical, you know, normal person in so much that I am completely debt free. I don't have a FICO score. I am an indeterminate because I don't have debt. Um, and I've chosen to live my life this way because I want to be the only person that tells my money what to do. Nobody else tells me what I can and can't do. Um, so I have this freedom, right? But the people that I work with, who are in the process of making this change, they say, well, that's really hard. It's really mm -hmm. hard to change because we've been conditioned to FICO, FICO, FICO for 40 years. And to make the change, and I had somebody just the other day say, well, changing to a debt-free life is really hard. Mm -hmm. And what I told them was, you're going to have hard in your life you have to choose your heart. So yes, changing your mindset around money, even if we're not talking about being completely debt free, changing your mindset around money, going from scarcity to abundance, that's hard. Going from, um, you know, like a YOLO lifestyle to I'm being intentional and I'm going to save money for my future, that's hard. Mm -hmm. But it could be hard right now to change from YOLO to, you know, to saving for retirement 
or it could be hard later when you want to retire, but you YOLO'd yourself into still having to work. So right. choose your hard. Where, when do you, when do you want life to be hard now or later? Right. And Laura, a question for you. Obviously, there's always things that are going to pop up and you kind of brought this up. So whether it's, you know, you get stung with a big medical cost or mm -hmm. do we dare say every time we fill up our gas tank, you know, <laughs> that it's a little unexpected or groceries mm -hmm. are 13% more expensive. So how do you plan for that? You're probably going to talk about it anyway, so I'm sorry if I'm, you know, no. jumping ahead. But again, how do you plan for some of those unexpected costs or, you know, as things fluctuate, how do we get ahead of that? This is one of my favorite things to talk about. So I'm glad you brought it up. One of the first baby steps, because we're talking about baby steps, the very first baby step that um, my mentor, Dave Ramsey, tells people to do is to save $1,000 in a starter emergency fund. Now, $1,000 is not enough to cover major medical, like whatever, but it is the beginning and it's going to be a little buffer between you and life because while we are starting on this financial journey, we need at least $1,000 sitting over here in this baby emergency fund or starter emergency fund, could be for a baby, I don't know, um, <laughs> but to be a buffer between you and life. So when things happen, like a tire blows out and it's gonna be $400 to buy a tire, you have that $1,000 sitting there so you already have money there for when life happens. We call it a rainy day fund because it's going to rain. We call it a God only knows fund because he's mm -hmm. the only one that knows what's going to happen. We call it, you know, whatever you want to call it, this little emergency fund is there to be a buffer between you and life for when those things happen, for when I made a budget and then gas prices skyrocketed and mm -hmm. I need, I need a little bit more than what I have coming in. That's what it's there for. Uh, and and eventually what we do is we create that emergency fund of three to six months of your expenses. So if life happens, if you have a major medical, if you have uh, a job loss, if you, you know, want to, you've just chosen to, you know, leave your job and start something new, whatever it is that you were doing, you have that buffer there to help you. And three to six months of expenses is industry average. It's what people are saying. During the pandemic, people were like, we have to up, up it to 12. <laughs> I don't think that that's necessary to have money because I want you to have it liquid cash. I don't want you to have it, you know, mm -hmm. in an investment that's going to take four to five days to get it. You need to have it when you need it. So it's cash in a savings account that's not making a whole lot of money, but it's not supposed to. It's your insurance that life is going to happen and you are going to cover it. So it doesn't need to be making money. It's your insurance. An emergency fund is a must have. Right. And for me, all of that coffee money that I was wasting very easily could have been shoved over to this rainy day fund for things that, you know, maybe I didn't, I didn't know. And without a budget, I wouldn't have known that. And I wouldn't have known that, hey, I do have some extra cash that I can hide away for later. Well, it's interesting you say that. The average cup of coffee costs $5 if you go to Starbucks. Like, get a grande, it's about five bucks. Right. $5 a day for 365 days every day of the year is $1,825. $1,825 that you could have sitting aside for emergencies, mm -hmm. but we spend it on coffee or yeah. on other little things. You want to have $10,000, mm -hmm. like, you need to put, you know, you need to put 10 bucks a day over here and like you're going to have so much money so much yeah. money. i think ten thousand dollars a day is 27 dollars. ten thousand dollars at the end of the year is like 27 dollars. but um right 
Yeah, and Laura, do you recommend having a, a separate account for your rainy day account, something that maybe you can't get your hands on, you know, quite as easily to spend? What is your best suggestion on where that account is? I think it should be in a money market account um, that you can easily get within 24 to 48 hours. Um, so I, I personally have mine set up. It's my just I have a checking and a savings and my it's just in my savings account. Um, that's where I put money aside every, you know, every month I put money aside for my car insurance. I pay that once a year. So I get a discount, but I'm planning ahead. And so I just stick anything extra just goes over there and I have and I'm getting real fancy here. You ready for this? I have a legal pad. Just a yellow legal pad and at the top I write this is how much money I have in the account this is what this is for this is what this is for it doesn't have to be fancy you don't have to be an expert to handle your money you just need to be intentional pay attention if you're going to pay one thing pay attention like that that's one of that's one of my uh, one of my other mentors always says he's like if you can't pay your bills at least pay attention Yes, absolutely. And, you know, most individuals who are on this call have at least an income coming in, whether it's the employee that Orion works with or their spouse that's working with. So hopefully everyone has some sort of income. And I know that is one of we we have to have that in order to to build and change and all of those things. Am I right? Yes. And I will tell you that a lot of people, especially right now, there's a lot of this build wealth, get rich quick. Um, you know, if I do this or if I move things here or crypto or whatever, and they're thinking, I'm just trying to make money. I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to like finagle and move things around. Your greatest wealth building tool, your greatest wealth building tool is your income and what you choose to use it for. Because you, throughout your lifetime, are going to make more money than any investment could for you and your investment can't even work until after you've made money mm-hmm. yeah gotta have fuel to put into the engine right or the car is not gonna run i mean it's gonna be really expensive fuel right now but it's okay <laughs> you know that's an unexpected expense and that's okay that's our, i mean yes. we're all living we're all living that nightmare um but something along those lines that i'm thinking about and i'm sure um you're hearing a lot of these as well is yes gas is 18 percent more expensive than it was in february mm-hmm. but i was also reading that people are filling up half as much so again talk about adapting and talking about being intentional is we don't want to be stung at the pump so we're changing our behaviors to help with that um that's just one be example and i'm sure you've got others Yes, it's one of those things where, okay, I know that I have to run some errands. There are some things I need, right? Like I'm a mom. I'm going to have to go to Target to get diapers. I am going to, because my children are very little. All of them are very, very little. Um, You know, I'm going to have to go to Target. I'm going to have to go to the grocery store. I'm going to have to drop my kids off at school. Can I do those things all at the same time? Can I drop one off at school and then right next to that is Target and right next to that's the grocery store and then I come home as opposed to... You know, going to drop mm-hmm. off, coming home. Oh, I forgot I need to go to Target and going to Target and coming home. And oh, I have to go to the grocery store. So I go do that. So instead of doing all of the things whenever I feel like it, I'm just having to be a little bit more thoughtful, a little bit more intentional to do it all at once so that we're not going out and spending all that. And it's, you know, the same with groceries, right? You said earlier, grocery cost has gone up like 13%. I, I live in California and there's a new tax on pork so bacon has gone up like 
skyrocketed. So it's so much right. more expensive for bacon. And it's like, okay, what am I going to choose to purchase? I'm going to, I'm going to change what I'm purchasing. Maybe I'm not getting steak all the time. Maybe I'm not getting bacon all the time. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we're having meatless Monday. I don't know what it is, but we're meal planning. We're making decisions ahead of time and saying, okay, this is what I'm going to eat on this day. And this is what I'm going to eat on this day. And this is what I'm going to eat on this day. So when I go to the grocery mm-hmm. store, I have a list. This is another, this is another cost saving, huge cost saving. Take a list. And don't buy anything that's not on that list, mm-hmm. which is hard to do because we live in a society where I just go get whatever I want. And we it, like going back to that YOLO mentality, what going and getting whatever I want at the grocery store, is that fitting in with my wellness plan, my, my mm-hmm. nutritional plan? Is that fitting in with my financial plan? It doesn't sound fun to have a plan. But I'm saying this as a person who, back when I started my financial journey, it was um, 2016, shortly after my daughter was born, that I got knocked over the head. My husband was like, hey, we're filing bankruptcy. And I was like, hold up, wait, what? (laughs) Um, It just blew my mind. I had no idea. Um, I was not good with money at the time. Cut to, you know, six years later, and I love making budgets. I actually have a business making budgets for people. Like it's so fun. And it's just a change of mind. It's saying, okay, I'm not any good at this. So I'm not going to do it. Changing your mind to say, I have to be good at this. And I'm going to choose today to change my life. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to get good at this. And then it just becomes fun because you're looking at things, you know, doing, doing debt payoffs, like that can be so fun. Like, how am I going to celebrate hitting this next financial goal? My, my family and I, whenever Whenever we hit our next financial goal, like we have a fancy restaurant that we like to go to. It's not really that fancy, but we call it the fancy restaurant because mm-hmm. our kids don't get to go there very often. And so that's our fancy restaurant that we go to and we celebrate. Yeah. And I think the rewards are so important. Um, and Laura, you brought up a couple of things. A, you have a lot more self-control than I do going to Target because I'm in and out at $200 <laughs> no matter what. So same thing with groceries, the impulse buys so one of the things that I'm hearing you say is um, there's got to be a little self-control or maybe a lot of self-control when you are setting up a budget and trying to stick to a budget. Um, yes. Self-control is key. Um, but something else that I heard you say is it's okay to celebrate your wins. Again, welcome to Orion, folks. We celebrate our wins all the time in any aspect of wellness. And guess what? We can do it with finances as well. And I think this is so huge because how amazing would it be come retirement to have paid off your house you know what what a reason to celebrate it but again there's really really small ways to celebrate as well and laura i love that you said that because everyone needs a pat on our back especially well and here's here's the thing with a budget it can feel very restrictive it can feel like okay she's going to when people sit down with me they're like are you going to take all my fun out of my budget no No, I'm not, because you're not going to stick to it. You're not going to stick to a diet of plain chicken breast without the skin and rice and broccoli with no seasoning. Like, you're Mm -hmm. not going to stick to that. But if we can add in some flavor and spice it up and, like, make sure it's still healthy, then we're going to eat it. And we're going to make those intentional choices. So, yes, with the budget, we, we factor in fun. We factor in, I'm going to have a beach day, so I'm going to make sure that I have money to, you know, take whatever kind of awesome picnic lunch I want to take to the beach and go and take a day off of work 
I factor mm -hmm. that in. Okay, I'm taking a day off of work. That's going to be a little bit less income than I have coming in. And I'm going to spend this money and that's fine. I think it's really, really important to realize that your budget is not in control of you until after you tell your budget what your boundaries are. You are the one who sets your parameters. You are the one that says, this is what I am choosing to spend my money on budget. Keep me on track. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's you saying, this is what I want. And I'm giving myself these healthy boundaries. That's what all, all your budget is. It's a healthy boundary. Laura, how often should we look at our budget and kind of reevaluate? For me, I, I crossed off, you know, my coffee budget. You know, how often should we be looking and reevaluating that and kind of seeing what changes need to be made, if any? Your budget is not a set it and forget it. Your budget is going to change every single month. You could have a birthday come up, an anniversary. You could say, well, you know, in, in June, I get my oil changed. These are things that are going to come up. Things happen. So at the beginning of every month, you need to sit down and go, what's the same? What's different? If last month we went over our gas budget, I'm going to have to up it this month because we know those prices are going up. My grocery budget, like I didn't have enough. I wanted to spend more on food. So I'm going to increase that budget every month at least is how often you should do it. I actually check my budget three times a week to make sure that I'm staying on track because we are at a different place where, um, you know, the only bill I have is my house payment. Like that's the only bill I have because I'm completely debt free. That's the only thing I have to pay, I guess I should say. Um, mm -hmm. So, okay, that's done. What else do I want to spend my money on? And then I have to go and look, like I have these other categories that I want to spend money on but I have a budget, I don't go over mm -hmm. that dollar amount. So if it's going out with my girlfriends, perfect. I have this amount of money for that. And when that's done, I need to know that that's done as opposed to, yeah, it's sure it's fine. Because mm -hmm. it, it's not fine to go over because if you keep going over and keep going over and keep going over, you're going backwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you're also saying that it's a process as well. You know, we're looking at it on a monthly basis and it's not going to be 2023 when we're all debt free. It's not a reality um, because everyone's situation is is different. And that's why you do what you do yep. um, to help people with that. So, again, knowing that it's not it's not a turnkey deal. It's not a one size fits all model. Mm -hmm. um, it's very, very different for everybody. Um, that's that's why they call it personal finance because mm -hmm. it's personal to you. It's what you choose. That's why I don't make budgets for my clients. We work together on them, obviously, but mm -hmm. I don't set your budget because I don't know what your values are. You have to right. set it based on what you value, what your family wants. You know, I, I had a, a another client that I sat down with and we were looking at their budget and I was like, if it were me, I'd sell this. I'd, you know, I'd Take this, you know, your child's no longer going to gymnastics class because that's not important to me. But for them, they have a child that's in elite gymnastics because she's very good at what she does. So obviously that's important to them and they're going to keep funding that. So I can't decide for you what you are going to do because if I did that, it wouldn't be your boundaries. <laughs> it would be mine. Yes, exactly. And who do you bring into your circle on that? Um, I think, you know, everyone can set their own budget, me and my spouse and, you know, starting to teach mm -hmm. my kids about money, money as they grow into that. But again, who should be in your circle to budget, if anyone? It's really up to you 
who you choose. The And we get to choose, and this is the exciting point, we get to choose who gets a vote in our life. And so you need to decide who gets a vote in, in this area of your life. And by doing that, you say, okay, for me, it's me and my spouse. Me and my spouse make our budget. I also have a financial coach. I am a financial coach. I have a financial coach. I believe in it that much. So I will, I'm, I meet with, I meet with her quarterly and I say, okay, this is where we're, you know, are we still on track for the things that we want? And she keeps in mind, what are, you know, what are your goals? And I'm like, oh yeah, this thing that I, you know, we've kind of started moving off the path. It's not towards our goal right now. Um, we have a very specific dollar amount in mind for the end of the year. And so that changes the amount of money that we're spending on going out to eat because I have this other thing that I really want. Mm -hmm. And if I really want it, I have to give something up. You can't, I, I, you know, you can't have everything at once. You can have everything you want, but not all at once and not right away. Right. Yeah. And I think what is so great about what you're saying too, is a lot of the time when we think finances, it's pounded into our head, retirement, 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 retirement. Um, and yes, you brought up retirement and I brought it up, but again, that's not where many of us are at this time. You know, if we're just trying to pay off debt, there's, you know, retirement seems like this goal that is so far away that we can't even get there. Um, so again, I think that's, you know, an amazing thing to bring up and you're also not pounding, investing, investing, investing in the stock market and bonds and mutual funds and diversifying your panel. That's not what you're talking about. And I think it really brings it down to, you know, the real world level for so many of our listeners, mm -hmm. um, that it's, it's human, it's us, it's real life, it's day to day, um, which is the person, the person that will make you wealthy is the same person looking back at you in your mirror mm -hmm. and the choices that that person makes that's what's going to make you wealthy and you know you brought up uh you brought up retirement investing and we've we've talked a little bit about debt and I, i'm just going to talk about um becoming debt free because it's the thing that really lights up my soul like like you said in my introduction i paid off three hundred and seventy two thousand three hundred and forty seven dollars of non-mortgage debt to um, the penny was, she knows it she knows oh, the actual yes. dollar amount <laughs> i have it i on my other desk over here i have a um i have a a post-it note with that number on it to remind me to never go backwards i will never go there again because the weight of it was so overwhelming and that's why I do what I do. That's why I call myself a debt elimination specialist, because mm -hmm. I help you get out of debt and get out of debt yeah. quickly. On average, the people I work with get out of debt in anywhere between 12 to 24 months. And wow. it's because we're being very intentional. We're pulling mm -hmm. back in some areas. Again, not getting rid of the fun. I still want you to have fun. But saying today, I'm going to choose who's the master of my life, not MasterCard. MasterCard doesn't get to tell me what I do and do not spend my money on, right? So I, uh, working on this, deciding, okay, who's going to tell me where my paycheck goes? Who's going to tell me what choices I do and do not get to make? Do I want to continue? When I started this, I was making $1,200 a month payments on credit cards. Mm -hmm. It's not my car yeah. payment. It's credit cards. $1,200 a month on credit cards. That's money that I could have used to do a number of different things. The average car payment in America right now is um, right around $580. Mm -hmm. 
If you invested $500 a month into the stock market on an average performing stock from the age of 25 to the age of 65, so 40 years, that would be over $5 million. <laughs> but you're choosing to have a car payment. You're making that choice. You're saying, no, I'd rather have a car payment. I want this car payment as opposed to $5 million later down the road. Right. So yeah. that's like the mindset shift for me. I was like, oh my goodness, why am I paying this much on this car that one, I don't even like, I, I got it because I thought other people would think I was cool. Yeah. Right? I, had, I, had, I had a really awesome sports car and I was like, look at how pretty I am with my top down. And like, it's amazing. And it was just eating away at the mm -hmm. money. I had to work extra shifts to pay for the car. Yeah. Like, I, and so when I, when I finally decided that, oh my goodness, I'm making all these payments and this other person, the bank gets to tell me what I do and do not get to do with my money. That was mm -hmm. it. I was like, no, 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 I'm master of my own life. And in saying that, um, there was a large study of millionaires done as um, the largest study of millionaires ever done in North America is over 10,000 millionaires. Now keep in mind to be statistically significant, a thousand would have been fine, but they did 10,000 millionaires and they found that 97% of millionaires believe that they control their own destiny. Hmm. So the day that I chose, I said, I am in charge of my life from here forward. That's the day I set myself on a path to be a millionaire, to right. retire a millionaire. And talking about that 401k that we were talking about earlier, um, because this is uh, a podcast and a webinar for people that work for a company, um, 401ks, right? 79% of millionaires in America, 79% of them became millionaires because they they strategically invested in their company 401k. Mm -hmm. This is something that I want people to get to eventually, but we have to control the person in our mirror first before we can mm -hmm. get there. Oh my gosh, so amazing. So yes, if you know, there's a little a little side note, if your company has a 401k, or maybe you don't know if you or your spouse's company has a 401k, check it out. Um, might be worth asking <laughs> the questions. So Laura, is there any way you can give us one of our one of our listeners asked uh, about a couple different goals that your clients <laughs> have set up for themselves? Um, just as kind of a starting point, um, if you can give us a couple examples of financial goals that maybe people are starting with. Sure. I have a, a client I worked with yesterday. He has a goal of purchasing a house by the end of the year. That's his big goal. Um, for me, last year, my financial goal was to take my family to um, the Disney Resort in Hawaii. Oh, nice. That was amazing. But let's, you know, even, even if it's not that, that's a huge financial goal. Maybe your next financial goal is just to get on a budget. That's okay. That's a great goal. Um, yeah. Maybe your financial goal is to get on the same page as your spouse with your finances. That's a really good one because money fights and money problems are in the number one cause of divorce in North America. So get on the same page. That's an excellent goal to have for your money. Maybe your financial goal is to pay off all of your debt. Maybe your financial goal is to set aside that three to six months emergency fund that we were talking about. Maybe your financial goal is to be a millionaire by the time you retire. Maybe your financial goal, I mean, just if it touches your money, that can be your next financial goal. Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up a couple, you know, just paying off a credit card, maybe one yes. of many credit cards or getting rid of a car payment. I think, you know, again, it's, you know, there's so many little ways, um, as we talked about baby steps, um, it may not be 
paying off our house, you know, but again, what are the baby steps that can help us get there? I think is so amazing. So Laura, we're rounding our time together, but how can people get hold of you if they want more information, if they want to continue the conversation? You've given us so much that I think people are off to the races with that they really can get started on their own. But if there's other questions and people want to get hold of you, how do they do that? Yes, I love talking about money. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but this is my favorite thing to talk about. I will talk about it all day long. Um, so there are a couple ways people can get in touch with me. The easiest way is my website, which is accelerateyourlegacy.com. Um, my company is called Accelerate Your Legacy because I truly believe that working together, we can accelerate your legacy. And that's more than the dollars and cents in your bank account. That is also the habits, the tools, and the mindset that you leave to the next generation, mm -hmm. right? So I work on I work on budgets, but I also work on mindset pieces as well. So my website is Accelerate Your Legacy. On there, you can find um, a book, a 30-minute consultation, which I do um, for free to sit down and, and help you figure out what your what your next financial goal is and how to take the steps to get there. Um, I also on there have something called the Better Budget Bootcamp, which is um, $27, 15 minutes a day for five days, and you'll have a budget that is tailor-made to you and will help you get to that next financial goal. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Accelerate Your Legacy. And guys, if you want to hear more live Q&A, I am all over Clubhouse. Um, it's my favorite social media site. So if you're on Clubhouse, I'm just at Laura Sexton. I have a club, Accelerate Your Legacy. I don't know if you guys have noticed the theme here. I'm really all about this legacy piece with your money, with your marriage, with the children that you were raising in your home, like helping you create this solid financial foundation. That's what I love to do. Oh my gosh. Well, and Laura just gave it away. I actually met her on Clubhouse. Um, so mm -hmm. if any of you are unaware of Clubhouse, great networking site, um, great conversations. Again, it's free, um, which is amazing if you're really looking to gather information about really anything. Um, it's There's great stuff on there. So she is all over that for sure. And that's how I was so excited to meet her and to invite her in. Um, so, Laura, thank you so much. Um, there's a lot of listeners on here with a, lots of questions, a lot of feedback, um, and I think everyone got a lot out of it. So I hope people will revisit our podcast over and over and over to continue to gather information. Reach out to Laura for more information. Um, and for Orion, what's coming up is next month, we're going to be traveling back into the nutrition world as summer is taking shape so we would love everyone to join us for our podcast in april where we will be talking about a summer reboot um eating right feeling great um and hopefully we'll have a budget to do it <laughs> so laura thank you so much for your time today and all of your expertise it has been my absolute pleasure to have you i have loved this so very much so thank you for having me thank you have a great day